Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet. Glad to have you here with us. Quick show note before we get started with today's episode. I want to let you know at the top that this will be the only episode dropping this week. So don't look for one on Wednesday, just the one that drops today. Uh, that's going to be happening for the next two weeks as I take some much-needed rest. So I have some awesome content coming, especially tonight. I'm really excited for tonight's episode. But uh, just know that the Fat Guy Forum will be here for you while I'm away, just not as often. But we'll get back to normal in a week or two. So let's dive into tonight's guest. I'm excited to have tonight's guest on the Fat Guy Forum. He is actually one of the people that gave me one of my first opportunities to go on a podcast as a guest when I went on his show. So I'm, I'm excited not only to bring him to you all, but also to get to turn the tables a little bit on him tonight. And that man is the, the king of hard work, Gary Cantrell. Gary, how are you doing? Gormy, I'm doing, <clears throat> I'm doing fantastic, man. How are you this evening? I'm doing really good, man. I'm glad that both of us have our voices. Yes. We're intact. We're intact. And we're ready to dive into this. So I'm going to get things started with the first question, Gary. And that's, I'd love for you to tell the listeners, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Man, I have been battling uh, obesity for as long as I can remember. I am 37 years old, based out of the Washington, D.C. metro area. I I've I've dealt with being overweight for pretty much my entire life now as far as like as far back as I can remember I want to say it was probably probably like uh fourth fifth grade and and from there on pretty much where you know I dealt with a lot of bullying in in school and I was eating a lot and by the time that like before I got this whole thing like started where I decided to make that change I had skyrocketed to nearly 4 hundred pounds uh on that scale and i gotta tell you man that's that was brutal so i i think that uh, i could definitely relate uh with the, with the fellow fat guys in this forum believe me oh for sure man and throughout your you know growing up as a big kid and then heading into adulthood were you you like a lot of us were you on the diet wagon a lot like were you going back and forth with different diets or was it just something that you had accepted as part of your life well it kind of went in cycles honestly i remember like not even even thinking about a diet or or what have you until later in life like when i graduated high school uh so this would have been 2000 2001 i began experimenting you know how it is with the uh all the different diets and the the slim fast shakes and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I I tried them all, man. Slim fast, uh, Insure. I was taking Stacker Two pills. Like I was trying a little bit of everything, everything but actually like really putting in the hard work. Um, and so that kind of continued for for many you know many years. I would kind of like come on, come off, come on, come off from all these different variations of whatever the latest fad was. I think I even like bought, I, I worked at, I worked in retail at a CVS for five or six years. And I remember buying one of those little belts that like gyrated your tummy that they said, oh, Hey, wow. you can sit down and watch TV. And when you watch TV, you're going to lose weight. And I said, wow, sign me up $50 later. And I got nothing out of that. Nothing. <laughs> Surprise. 
I, I don't think I've ever heard of that. that that's kind of exciting. Um, I, if, if, <laughs> if only it had worked. If only, that person would be a billionaire if that worked. But Are you uh, kidding? I, Man, 50 bucks a pop. They got to be rich. Right. I know, right? Come on. Yeah. So you said you got up near 400 pounds. What was life like for you then? Well, I mean, the average day was waking up. And so the moment I would step out of bed, I would feel pain from my feet to my ankles, to my knees, to my back, and all the way up to my head. You know, I'd have lots of headaches. Um, but every day, like literally just a simple act of getting out of bed, this place that I love to hang out on the regular at nearly 400 pounds, um, just getting out of bed, stepping foot on the ground to get my day started was filled with pain. And so from there, things like, you know, tying your shoes, going up one flight of stairs uh, was incredibly difficult. I was out of breath. You could ask my wife, you could ask any of my family that ever heard me coming up a flight of stairs. I sounded like I was about to like die. I mean, that's, you know, just one flight of stairs would take the wind right out of me. It was, it was very painful for many years. And and you mentioned your wife. Were you at that weight when you, when you guys met? Were you smaller? Like, can you take us into that a little bit? Absolutely. So it, it kind of all started there as far as like going up to that next level. Because I want to say I was probably probably a little bit lighter. Because right now I'm right now I'm around two eighty between two eighty and two eighty five. It kind of goes up and down a little bit right now. Um, but at that time, I want to say, and I wasn't looking at the scale regularly, but just kind of based on the clothes that I was wearing and kind of knowing what that sizing was, had to be between like 240 and 250, which is not great, but it's not, it's not nearly 400 pounds. And so, uh, you know, we started, we started dating and we were taking road trips. We were eating out like literally every weekend. It was trying like all these places we had never tried. And it was this culmination of, kind of bringing me into this life of eating nothing but fast food. And, you know, before that, I was definitely having my fair share of it. That's why I was around that 240 to 250. But when it became a thing of where I was just having it pretty much full time, uh, it really skyrocketed the the weight over the course of a couple of years. Um, and so, you know, we'd be just one example, driving to South Carolina, which was a regular occurrence for us. We would stop at the restaurants that they didn't have in Virginia, like any of the fast food or just restaurants we knew of and we would go ham on those places because we never get them. Mm. Yeah. And, and how would you describe your relation? Like what was your relationship with food? Like I've talked to some guys that talk about, you know, food addiction and some guys that just talk about eating out of boredom or food being a novelty. Like how did, how do you describe your relationship with food? I would say mine is like a combination of, of many of the things you just said and, an example, um, you know, I watched, I used to watch a lot of man versus food. And so there was always this like thrill of like going on Yelp every weekend and like basing my weekend plans on where I was going to eat. So I guess that's where you get the novelty part of it. Like, oh, who's got a competition or, you know, who's got like the biggest cheesesteak. Um, the addiction part really set in for me. Um, I want to say around 2012, 2013, you know, I got this job that I drive. It's a marketing job and it's about 35 miles from my house. So I'm sitting in traffic, uh, coming home, the Northern Virginia area, it's on the top 10, maybe even top five of any worst traffic in the country list. So, you know, I'm on my way home. I'm sitting in traffic for over an hour and a half. I was stopping at McDonald's every single day, five days a week and getting, uh, I can tell you my exact order. It was two or three McDoubles. 
uh, add Big Mac sauce. And it was a four-piece nugget and a medium chocolate shake, sometimes a small if I was a little bit light on money. But every single day, five days a week, I was stopping there, never never failed. If I didn't go to McDonald's on a day during Monday to Friday, it was because I was going to like Taco Bell or I was going to Wawa or one of these places. But every single day, Gourmet, I kid you not, I was stopping somewhere and getting food because this is where the boredom part comes in is I'm sitting in this traffic and I'm trying to pass the time. So like, ooh, this sounds good. And I know I'm not going to be home for another hour and a half. So, you know, dinner is going to be another hour past that because I got to make it or we're going to order something out. And that's going to be at least an hour plus. So it was like knowing that if I was in the car, it was going to be another three hours before I ate. So, hey, what the heck? You know, let's just get uh, some McDonald's. Yeah. So you, it sounds like you had like a perfect storm going on there. And oh, I, I, will, I will I will tell you, it's funny because you mentioned the McDouble with the Big Mac sauce. Yeah. That's something that I think now you're probably the the 10th or 11th fat guy that I've <laughs> talked to, you know, on the podcast, but also just like randomly on Instagram where we talk about, you know, we talk because I, I, I love the the actual Big Mac because I'm a real bread fiend. So oh, I yeah. love that. I love that extra layer of kind of like the random, the, the, the supernaturally toasted bread, the way their rolls are toasted, but I don't know if they're ever actually in a toaster. I feel like there's some kind of. It's like the baking of the Twinkie. There's some kind of process put onto that bread that makes it happen. But I, I love that. Oh, I, I'm, so I'm sure you can take us behind the scenes. Like that could be a whole other episode, I think. Like behind the, behind the walls of, Probably of, of, so. Mac, of McDonald's. Keep me focused, Corby. Don't let me go 20 minutes down a McDonald's rabbit hole, buddy. <laughs> I will. Well, you, I mean, if you know me at all, like I could, I could literally be like, let's move on. I would like yes. to talk about nugget sauces, but <laughs> I, the idea, the idea of getting the McDouble and adding the Mac sauce, like, cause I literally had a guy once be like, dude, what were you doing eating those big Macs all the time? You got the same size burger on the McDouble and you save the money. You just pay a little extra for the Mac sauce. I'm like, yeah. I, why was that something that never came into my life? Like why? I didn't know that. I never knew the McGangbang existed. Like, oh yeah. As as much as that time as I spent at McDonald's, I feel like I was a sheltered McDonald's person. Like I was very straightforward. So it's it's good to know at least some people out there were experimenting a little bit with their fast food. Like I I, I do like hearing that. Um, well, well, yeah. I just want to say very quickly, full credit to my friend Sean in case he's listening. Uh, childhood friend, you know, from like twenty years ago. Uh, he's the one to turn me on to the what we call the poor man's Big Mac, full credit to him because we used to live together uh, in 2005 and man, we were just broke, man. We didn't have a lot of money. So that was how we, that's how we fed ourselves. Mm. Well, you know, you got to give, you, sometimes we have sparks of genius in those moments when we're, when the money isn't there. Um, that's right. <laughs> and I don't know if, and honestly, at the end of the day, I don't know if it's a spark of genius to make that food even more palatable, but at the time, it's it probably felt you know kind of fantastically smart. So uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So you've got this kind of perfect storm of a commute going on. You're you're pushing four hundred pounds. You know you're you're in a relationship. What what changed for you guys? Like where what what was the the tipping point for you? Like what what brought you to a new place in your life? What with your towards your weight? Well, I'm going to tell you very quickly, it was a photograph, but then I'm going to backwards just ever so slightly to tell you that uh, two years, two and a half years before this photograph was taken, I nearly died in a hospital and that didn't wake me up. So just to give you some perspective, I, I 
had a bad case of cellulitis, which is not necessarily uh, like an obese disease or anything like that. It's a bacterial infection that I had in my left leg. And because of my my health at the time and my breathing and all that, I mean, my temperature skyrocketed. They were asking me about my will and my next of kin and all this other stuff. And I spent five days in the hospital and I was like a mental patient. I just wanted to get out of there so bad, man. I just, I just had like cabin fever almost. And that didn't wake me up because for the next two and a half years, I still lived the same life. I'm like, well, they gave me some medicine. I'm out of the hospital. I feel really good. Fast forward to that two and a half years later, I'm in Charleston, South Carolina, and I'm at my cousin's wedding, and I'm wearing this all-black tuxedo. Now, I want to say that the shirt was at least a 5X. The pants were at least a 54, um, and it's this big suit. And, you know, I'm seeing myself in the mirror. I'm like, all right, Gary, you got the hair spiked up. You're looking pretty good, kid. Let's get a picture. I take my own picture. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I asked my wife, hey, hey, babe, can you take a picture of me just real quick? I just want to see kind of the full deal. And I saw this picture, Gormy, and it just stopped me dead in my tracks. And I said, oh, my God, because I've got this big balloon head and I've got this belly that's just, I mean, on like, you know, all these side by side before and after photos that we post on Instagram, or as I like to call them before and during. Um you know, the, these pictures wouldn't even fit in the frame. And that's how big I was. And I saw this picture and it just, it it was like the awakening for me. So, because I, there's a lot I want to impact when we start getting into kind of like where your journey went and where your mission went. Like, I think that's almost as interesting as it is to know, you know, that you came from, from where you were before, you know, I think yeah. we've got a lot to still talk about about what what's been going on for you but what what did you do first like what was the what was the next step after seeing that picture like what happened take us through that well i had a lot of uh thoughts that were kind of running through my head as i was making my way home from charleston this is around the middle to the end of november just before thanksgiving um i want to what year what year was it gary i don't want to i don't want to take that away I, i i don't know if i missed that what year was this uh 2016 Okay. Okay. Great. Right. So, um, in early December, I'm going over to my mother's house and I've not shared with her any of my, I hadn't really shared with anybody kind of where my thoughts are at this point, because, you know, a lot of times we keep stuff to ourselves and, you know, coming as a guy who's heard all his life from his mother, from his, uh, you know, I was previously married once before hearing from my ex-spouse, these people all meant the best when they said, you got to get your health together. You got to get in shape. You got to, you know, watch out for yourself because if you don't, this is only going to get worse for you. And I'm very stubborn in nature, extremely stubborn. And I didn't want to hear all this stuff. And so when I, when I go to my mother's house to hang out now, I, again, I've not mentioned a word to her. It's on her mind again. She said, you know, honey, I really want you to think about, you know, you know, I know you hear it from me, but I really want you to think about, you know, think, you know, I'll tell you what she said, I'll tell you what, I'll make a deal with you because I was always the guy that was on her case about smoking because she was a, a huge smoker. And she said, you know, let's make a deal. She said, you know, at the beginning of the year, that's when most people, you know, kind of start a journey. Uh, at the beginning of the year, if you promise to go to the gym, get a membership, go to the gym and try to get your health in order, I will uh, do my very best to quit smoking. 
And so we, we had a deal. We, I mean, we shook hands, we hugged, told her I loved her. She told me she loved me and I left and we had a handshake deal. And so for the rest of this month of December, you know, I'm kind of just like getting it all out of my system, so to speak. I'm still having what I want. The only thing I really like weaned off of was soda. I started focusing more on water um, and and just trying to like slowly ease my way in. I signed up for a Planet Fitness membership, and on the third of January, let's get let's get rolling. That's that was kind of the mindset. So the third of January, you did you was it like what? How did you like? I I'm fantastic with my words apparently today. How <laughs> did you? So what did you do to get started? Like, did you immediately tackle the gym first? You know, you got that membership. Did you tackle food with a specific plan or was it kind of an overall, I'm going to start just making better food choices and I'm going to start moving? Well, I remember years past when I've tried, you know, because there was a couple of other times and I didn't even mention them because they were so short lived, but like trying to, you know, get a membership of the gym, I'd go for like maybe a month at best and I'd give up because I really had no direction, right? And so I know that I am very stubborn. I beat to the tune of my own drum or whatever that saying is. I think I said it right. And uh, I'm like, all right, I need to set like a very like just almost like stupid, simple, foolproof plan that even I can, uh, you know, do every single week without fail, something that I know that after a month, I'm not going to get sick of and want to walk away like I've done every other time. So I decided that it was, I remember it was just super simple. It was three days a week uh, minimum at the gym. And the whole plan was to literally just get on the treadmill and start walking. And I was like, you're not running. I told myself I wasn't even allowed to run yet. I said, just go on this treadmill set it for 60 minutes and do not stop. And so I want to say anybody that's been to Planet Fitness or any treadmill, I set it to about three to three and a half miles an hour. I think I settled on three and a half. And so I set it for 60 minutes. And as far as the workout portion of my plan, that was, it was just simply that treadmill and nothing more. Do not try to run on this thing. Do not even so much as try to jog on this thing. Just start out slow. And so I got on that treadmill, Gourmet, on that first day. And I went 60 minutes without stopping and I was drenched in sweat. I mean, I was just, <laughs> you know, all of us guys now that are listening to the podcast, you know, where we've, we've been uh, months, years into our journeys, we're like, oh man, walk on the treadmill. That's a breeze now. Right. But back then, oh man, that thing blew me up and oh, yeah. uh, it was a great release. I got to tell you. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, I mean, it, just the fact that you were able to kind of, set that up and it, and it sounds like as much as you had had failed efforts before you did take a you did take away like knowing a, a, a lot about yourself and what you were kind of willing and able to do and i i think that awareness is is really is really a great tool and and what take us into where you went like what were those first few weeks like for you like were you losing weight right away was it frustrating like what what got your what got things really kind of built that fire? Because you are someone that I describe if if someone were to ask me to describe Gary Cantrell, I, I would say like he is passionate. Like you have this passion for helping other people, this passion for making sure that people know that these missions take work, these journeys take work. 
and that, you know, you've got a mantra that I think is really fantastic. Like, how did all of that, did that all evolve early on in your journey? Or was that something that came as, as you got going? It really evolved over time. And I think that the greatest things come with time. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, I don't know if you follow him. He's always said, you know, he loves to lose because it, it builds him up so that he can win. And so all these years where I quit and I stopped and I made so many mistakes and that can, you know, uh, I know we're talking about weight loss, but just very simply, I mean, that can apply to everything in life. But in the weight loss aspect of it, you know, you got to lose so many times so that you can, you, you have to learn to love to lose almost so that you can win. And when you win, it's going to be awesome. And so, you know, I'm learning all this over the course of time. I mean, now, mind you, on the treadmill, this walking and stuff, this was like the first six months. And that's, you know, we, we're, we're so uh, uh, led to believe by some people on like things like Instagram that, you know, there's a time limit to these things and there's all these magic pills and ooh, all this stuff. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to like, I, I'm almost going to like intentionally make this take as long as possible just to make a point. Uh, but you know, I, I more, most importantly, I took my time because I knew that if I didn't, I was going to flame out very quickly. And, um, I just, I just stuck with it, man. I just showed up those three days a week for six months. I added a few in there because eventually I was like, okay, okay, let's, let's, you know, let's do something here. And I would just show up on that treadmill and I would just do my walk-in. Now, maybe four to five months in, I started speeding it up a little bit, adding a little bit of incline, those kind of things. Not taking it too much to the extreme, but just like as slow and as gradual of a build as you could possibly do. That's what I was doing. Well, it sounds like you had a, a smart approach. Like you... I, I think all all too often people burn themselves out, especially when someone hasn't been going to the gym for a while and they go into that gym and they jump on the elliptical and they do a half hour on the elliptical and a half hour on the treadmill. And then it's time to lift weights. And then the next day they can't move. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, yeah. And there's nothing really when you're a beginner, there's nothing more discouraging than lying in bed at two o'clock in the morning and every muscle in your body cramps. Because you're yeah. not necessarily 100% aware of like hydrating yourself right and you clearly have been overworking and like you're not, you're not taking that, that smart approach. So you over that. So what happened at that six month mark is that did you did you switch into running? Did you start lifting weights? Like what evolved for you then? Oh, yeah, I definitely I definitely was mixing in some of those wonderful weight machines at Planet Fitness. I was starting to i would say more jog than run because i i'm a terrible runner all these all these 5ks and 10ks i've done i hate running <laughs> I, I just do it because it's extremely difficult for me and i like to do difficult things but um i would call it more jogging if, if we're you know if we have any expert runners listening it's, it's definitely more of a jog but you know i i mean once in a while i would i would put that thing up really fast and do like some interval like sprinting type stuff like let's get it up to eight or nine miles an hour and try to go for like 30 or 45 seconds. But this was as we were getting into like that summertime, July, August, probably seven or eight months in where I was really starting to push it a little bit and just trying to experiment. And at some point there during the, during the summer, I want to say it was around August, I discovered that stair, uh, that stair stepper and rem remembering that, Hey, Gary of nearly 400 pounds was out of breath just climbing one flight of stairs. And so I wanted to, 
I wanted to tackle that thing. And so I'd go on that thing, man, for 15, 20 minutes, see what I could do. I might get 10 or 15 floors. And then slowly but surely, we just started cranking it up and cranking it up. I think my record on that stair stepper was just a little bit over an hour. And it was like 337 floors. And that oh, wow. to me was insane, man. I couldn't oh, do that yeah. now. I couldn't do that now because I stopped after a while. I'm like, okay, okay, let's 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 dial this back a little bit. We're getting a little too carried away here. But uh, that was that was that was a thrill to coming from a guy who could only walk up one flight of stairs and be nearly dead to a guy that could do 300 plus stairs and feel amazing. I'm like, God, I want 300 more. Let's go. No, that has to be an incredible feeling of accomplishment. Like literally knowing that it was just you know a, a year ago you know that you were in that you know less than a year ago that you were in that shape like what was happening with your eating during this time so this is where it's always been a challenge for me i, I would say even to this day it's still a challenge and it's probably why you don't see me with like you know even a, a greater weight loss than i than I, than i had you know when you compare it to others and i we should never really compare ourselves to others i think but like you know my eating has always been a challenge for me. Um, when I started, it was all portion control. And that's kind of still what I subscribe to now. It's It's been kind of very loose in a sense because in the last couple of months, I've been overworking myself and, and I can recognize that. And I still need to get myself out of that trap of doing too much. But um, if we're talking about the beginning, it was just a very simple foundation of portion control. So I'll give you just one example of a dinner. Uh, 400, nearly 400 pound Gary was eating two cheeseburgers, a big heaping of mashed potatoes and some green beans. And these burgers have cheese on them. They have the buns. They have the mayonnaise, ketchup, mustard, you know, all the works. Uh, the Gary of 2017 in January said, all right, let's just remove one burger from this equation. We're going to dial back these mashed potatoes a little bit. We're going to increase the green beans. And oh, by that way, that burger is now going to be a turkey burger. And so just simple things like that, like taking the things that I like, because I'm a very, very picky eater. I mean, I'm extreme. I'm extremely picky. I have an easier chance of telling you what I would eat instead of what I wouldn't eat because there's so many, so many things on that list of what I won't eat. And uh, it was just taking meals like that and just dialing them back a little bit. And, you know, I'm always open to tweaking things. So those burgers, when I, when I dialed it back to one burger, eventually I popped off the bun. All right, no more bun. Let's put it in a wrap. Let's try the wrap. For a while I did the wrap. I like a wrap. I said, you know what? I wonder if we can do this without the wrap, with just the meat and the cheese and the sauce, you know, because I, I won't give up my cheese. And, uh, you know, so I had the mayonnaise on there and the cheese and just the burger, no bread whatsoever. And I'm like, hey, I'm totally fine with this. So it's things like that, Gormy. It's just like, okay, let's cut it down by 20 or 30% um, and let's just go with that. And so whatever that meal was, we're finding different ways to you know, get around things and just kind of tweak it or as I like to call hack it a little bit. Like we're you know, almost like you hack a computer. Like we're going to hack this dinner and figure out a way that makes sense and that's uh, you know, far less – and, you know, I never was one to say I'm not allowed to have this or that. The only things that I I blocked completely were soda, McDonald's, Taco Bell, Wendy's, and Burger King. Those were the only five things that I ever banned. This year I did, uh, and just an, as an experiment, what if I had no alcohol, no pizza, no chocolate? 
that's been exciting to <laughs> to try oh, to wow. give up those things. <laughs> oh yeah. But, but uh, to 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 wrap all this up with a bow, to the short answer is portion control. That's really what it came down to for me. And what was happening? So we talked about how you're moving your body and what you're putting into your body. What was happening to your body? Like what was changing? Like your not just your weight, but also like you you went from Gary who could barely do one flight of stairs to Gary doing you know the stairmaster for an hour. Take, yeah. Tell us tell us what that was like for you. Well, I was just noticing how much more energy I had. I noticed that you know, like so for instance, the older, uh, nearly four hundred pound Gary was practically living on ibuprofen. You know, because you'd get out of bed and there'd be all this pain. Uh, I completely got off that stuff, and and only when I had like something like really serious, like if I had actually injured myself, I was taking ibuprofen. But um, you know, so the reliance of ibuprofen gone, um, all the heavy breathing gone. Unless you know, obviously, if I'm out exercising and running or going really hard, I'm going to be breathing heavy. But as far as like just walking up a flight of stairs or just getting up off the couch, there's none of that heavy breathing anymore. That's completely gone. And so my body, I was finding that I was having more energy. I was like, you know, wanting to go to like parks and uh, like or like theme parks and just walking all around the parks and and like, oh man, how many steps can I get in today? And then these like fifteen, twenty thousand step days became realities. And it was like more often and more often. And I was just really loving the process of wanting to not be in the house. And wanting to just constantly be moving all the time. That's really the biggest change that I noticed. That's a fantastic. And that's and like you're saying, like that's a massive change from someone who, you know, the pain started immediately when you got to the edge of the bed. And yes. and now you're you're able to to kind of push yourself and find new challenges and keep that evolving. And one of the other things that was developing for you along the way is this passion for sharing your passion with people. Yes. Would you agree? A hundred percent. And that, that credit goes to Gary V. And, and you, like, I, I'm, I was, I've been trying to think, you know, for the past couple of days, like, how do I, how do I open the door for Gary to have, you know, to, to, to punch his, his mantra home, you know, the, the best way. And I just really think like, what tell people like you've got this this focal point and then you also have kind of four would you call them you know rules or or precepts or like what is four pillars four pillars that's what i know that yes. i'm like I, there's a word i'm forgetting there's a word i'm forgetting <laughs> I'm, a, I'm very gary i'm very old i am very 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 old but <laughs> can you take us into that take us into that a little bit like you said gary v inspired it but how did your mantra evolve? Share pe with people what it is. And then can you take us into your four pillars? Because I think uh, there are pieces that are often overlooked when people start looking into like their journeys and, and what they need to do to kind of build and support them. Oh, God, yeah. So the, the mantra is hard work always wins. And that all got that, – that phrase came up in July of 2017. I had posted – probably one of my very first transformation photos on Instagram. And I was sharing my journey on Instagram uh, from day one, but I really hadn't like started like 
discovering, and this is a whole other conversation, so I'll spare you the, the super details, but of like, you know, discovering other accounts to try to build the account and all that stuff. Um, I was posting the, the transformation and somewhere in the caption, this phrase just came to me. A lot of people say hard work pays off and that, you know, that's great and all, but hard work always wins. It's like, you know, people that say that that's not true, they're not working hard enough. I really believe that. And so I looked at this photo of, of me from, you know, before I got started and then this photo of me at that time. And I'm like, man, hard work, it really, it always wins. If, you, if you're working hard, you're going to win. And again, my, my philosophies on things I, I like to think apply to everything in life. And so as I'm going along in this journey, I'm learning this, like I'm learning all this in real time. The four pillars, which are patience, consistency, hard work, and loving yourself those all got developed over time throughout this journey because I'm learning that, you know, as I'm getting into the second half of this year and, you know, you know how it is for, for many people when they start losing weight, it comes off very quickly early on. And as you go along, it slows down a little bit. And that's really when the four pillars got tested. And I learned that, you know, if I had this patience that these things are going to come in time and they're going to come in time because I'm consistent about it. You know, I'm showing up every day that I say I'm going to show up and I'm doing the work that I say I'm going to do. And then I'm working hard. I'm putting in that effort. And I know that if I put in this effort consistently and be patient, that this thing is really going to work out. But I also know that if I don't find this love within myself, the self love, that it's game over because above all, um, and this is one thing that I've learned heavily along this journey is that how much your mental health plays an aspect. And I'm learning this lesson so much in the last month. Uh, I've shared it a little bit. We can talk about some of it here if you want. But my mental health has, you know, always been a big part in all this. And lately it's been kind of uh, a little bit lower than I'd like it to say. Uh, we'll abbreviate that for now. We can revisit it later. But um you really have to love yourself because if you don't have that love for yourself and this body that has stood with you, it has stood the test of time. It's held you up in all these, these, uh, these bad times, this body, it's your ride or die, man. It's holding you up. It's putting you in the fight, uh, to get yourself together. If you don't love this body that you're in, if you don't love yourself, it's game over because if you don't love yourself, then you're not going to have any confidence. You're going to be full of anxiety and self doubt. And ultimately, you're going to give up because you're going to say, well, I'm a piece of garbage. I got nothing good going on for me. What am I even doing? Let me just go back to sitting on the couch and playing Xbox or whatever. That's what I really believe. Oh, for sure. And, and as someone on the outside who was, you know, introduced to these concepts, you know, you're the pillars and hard work always wins. Like for me, like looking at it, like it, it was always something that, that I was drawn to because I think it's very, I think it like, I'm sure you've had the people who say, well, you know, I work hard and I still lose my football game or, you know, I don't win my, my I don't win my chess match. And I think it's really about like, it gets into mindset and it gets into framing your experiences. Not, not everyone gets a trophy that not framing them that way. Like I'm not in that camp. I'm not the, you know, every, everyone who, who come, you know, the all hundred people in the game get a prize. But I more think like you you have to look for those wins as well. Like you look for, you know, did I do the hard work? Was I patient and consistent? You know, was I putting in what I needed to put in? 
And if I did, that's a win. And it may not have translated into points because the other team played better or the other person played better. But I know that is because you know, at the end of the day, like, even if it's like, I think about me, like for when I think about me specifically, you know, which is great when the host of a podcast talking to a guest starts talking about themselves. But I, I think about myself alone at the gym and did I do everything I was supposed to do? Cause there's no one else there checking things off that box for me. There's no one else watching me. I don't have a trainer with me at the gym. I don't have someone timing me when I walk in, and I walk out. I've had those days where I walk in and 10 minutes later, I give up and I walk out like nothing. There's nothing stopping me from doing that, but me. Yes. So I, I, I think that for me, the win is when I'm like, okay, I did everything that I, I was, I was going to do. You know, I pushed as hard as I wanted to push today. And I think when people look at your four pillars, not only do they look at the fact that they support your own, your journey overall, but they support each other. Like you can't be consistent without being patient because you're going to be, things can feel, things can feel repetitive. You can't really say you're doing the hard work unless you're consistently doing that work. And how can you do any of that if you don't love yourself? Like why? put in hard work, like why put in all that effort if you don't love the person you're getting the results for? Oh, like man, I, you, I you said it perfectly. <laughs> like that's why I, I think there's an, an interconnectedness there that because I, I know for, for me, one of the things like I've tried to be very cognizant of is all of these these signposts that show up on our journeys that I ignored before and, and I failed. And yes. I think I failed because I, I didn't look at how how does everything affect my, my journey, my choices, but also the world around me, the community I'm in, my family, all of those things. And I think it's that interconnectedness and that you can draw strength from. And I think it's the interconnectedness of those pillars that brings you those wins. Like, I, I think there's, there's some real power there. I think there really is. And I, I would love you know, you were saying like you, you, you're dealing with some challenges, you know, you, yes. with keeping with your, with your mental health and with, with the love piece. Like what, if you want to talk about what's going on and kind of take people into that, because I think one of the things for me um, that, that I find fascinating about your journey is, you know, how you live these pillars, you know, you're yes. consistent. You're, you're, well, I mean, obviously I think also your energy is, is over the top uh, to the point that, I know that you lose your voice because you're 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 putting that energy out. Um, <laughs> yeah. I know that that's why that happens. But I, I do think you know there's there's something to be said for the, your openness and your willingness to kind of share what's going on for you and how it impacts your own journey. So take us into what's going on for you, Gary. Well, I think right now it's 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 been really a culmination of things. So as I mentioned earlier, I really I've got my hands in a lot of things. So you know. In in between the going to the gym and and trying to you know eat the right things, I'm also doing a, a podcast full time. I'm trying to create video content for you know YouTube. I'm running a clothing line, and I think that you know all of these things um, just combined together at some point is going to burn somebody out. We talked earlier about you know how I took you know when I started, I took it very slow to avoid this very thing, and right. I think after a while. Um, I just, I, man, I just, I think I just over, overworked myself. And so what happened as a result, you know, my mental, my mental health really took a hit for it. I'm like, well, you know, gee, is this podcast, you know, 
good enough? Is this video good enough? Is this message that I'm putting on this photo that I'm posting? Is it going to connect with people? Are they going to understand where I'm coming from? Do people even give a crap anymore about what I have to say? Like all these things, the the self-doubt, because when it comes back to it, you kind of alluded to this just moments ago, you know, if something isn't going right, it's, it's you. And, and this is actually, uh, I've, I've been slowly writing stuff for a, a book about this journey. And the title of it is me against me, the fight of my life. And it really is everything. It's you against you. It's not you against your mom or your spouse or your brother or your cousin or whoever. It's you against you. And that is really the problem is that me has stepped up in my face with all these questions and all these, uh, you know, a couple of doubts that have come in. And as a result, my mental health really took a hit. And what do I do? I go radio silent for a couple of days. I, I don't, you know, it takes me a, a while before I really open up. And finally, I come around and I share it. But I really need a couple of days to kind of figure out what is actually going on. Like, what is the severity of this situation? And so, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, as far as like 300 feet looking down, it's just like, here's a guy, he's put a lot on his plate, he's done this to himself, and he's trying to figure this out. I had uh, some court dealings because I got myself into some debt, and so there's another thing that I piled on, you know, and and my wife, you know, uh, her health is not the best right now, and I'm worried about her. I'm like, God, I hope she's going to be okay. So when you add in all these things, all this stress just really just piles on, man, and so for the last month or so, I've kind of been... Um, you know, in this, like, uh, I want to say probably operating at like 50 or 60% of what I, what I should be, you know, I'm going to the gym every day that I said I was going to the gym, but am I putting in that full effort that I could be, or am I just a robot on a machine completing the tasks that I'm allowed to leave and go home? And so that's really, uh, to answer your question kind of long windedly, that's really what I've been dealing with in kind of a, you know, that's kind of the deal. And I don't. I don't think you were long winded. I, I. I think you went into some good detail there. Like I, I think, it, it again, it reflects on that self awareness that you have. But I yes. think also sometimes that's a double edged sword because oh, yeah. you know when when our when our brains start to kind of play those tricks on us, that self awareness can start to be that we're too aware of everything, and so that can turn into that doubt and become you know how okay how much you know how many likes did this get right away and like. I, I know I deal with that sometimes, but yeah, you know what, with this, this kind of cognizant, like, cause it sounds like you have, you have a grasp that some, you know, this is going on for you and like that all of these things are going on. And I, you know, I, for one, I'm sure there's other people out there that are listening and saying, you know, that's it. Like I deal with all of these things and how do I find, you know, the energy to put towards one if I'm, I'm being pulled in all these different directions? Like, what do you think for you? Like whether... Is there anything you feel like you're starting to do to help you address, you know, the, this balance, you know, the balance of all these issues? Or do you have like a plan formulating like just what? Because I'm sure there are people, like I said, dealing with similar issues like what? Excuse me. What process are you using to help yourself kind of now that you've turned your vision to what's happening, like to address what's happening? Or have you not figured that out or have you not figured that out yet, which I think is OK? I don't know that I've 100% figured it all out, but I'll tell you this. It starts back with that, that, that patience pillar. And that's understanding that, you know what, if you go two weeks without, you know, 
putting out a, a stupid video or something, that's okay. Like I'm, I'm in, I'm in the process of like, once I see this coming and I think that when these times uh, creep up on you and we all go through them, I think that most of us, we see it kind of coming very slowly. Like we start to feel things aren't right. And we're like, okay, Oh boy, here we go. Right. And so, um, you know, I'm in this process of I'm kind of like watching this this ship kind of roll in or the storm, whatever analogy you want to use. And I'm like, I'm like, OK, I'm bracing for impact. And then once that impact kind of comes, I'm like, you know, it's going to take me a couple of days to really figure out, like, what is this? You know, what is this that I'm feeling? Why am I feeling this? What is the purpose of this uh, uh, this mental attack on my brain? Like, what is all of this? I think you really got to rely on that patience part and understand that you don't you don't have to figure it out by the end of the day. You're going to have to take some time and like really like think of all this, process it all out. And I'll tell you what helped me a lot um and which I would think is probably unique to my situation or somebody like you a fellow content creator, I relied on uh recording podcasts so like us hanging out right now. I feel really good hanging out with you my friend. Uh and then the podcast that I record for my own podcast like getting to jump on a call with somebody that I've never spoken to and uh, having like an hour plus conversation and hearing their story uh, and having this fun back and forth, that makes me feel good. Or like when I go to the theme park and blow up my voice and miss my uh, first opportunity to come on this podcast because I've blown up my voice on a roller coaster, uh, going, going to theme parks, stuff like that. So I'm finding uh, very simply, I am watching the watching the storm roll in bracing for impact taking the impact in and then taking a couple of days to realize what is the kind of scope of the situation and then i'm trying to find in between some stuff that's going to keep my you know try to keep me as happy as i could possibly be and try to ease myself into my routine but not you know if i have like just one day where i'm like i can't do anything today i cannot do anything understanding that that is okay. And so if I need to take one day or even two days and just plant my, my butt on the couch and just kind of just process it all, there's nothing wrong with that. And that I think is what a lot of people, when you mentioned there could be a lot of people going on with this, they're probably like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I have to figure this out now, 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 because I'm on like a diet better or something. And if I don't weigh in and my, and my number's not right, you know, there's this pressure because you know, we live on this Instagram world where everything's instant gratification. You know, I can have an Amazon package delivered one day service. Why can't I have my health delivered in one day? You know, like we have this instant gratification world we live in that I really believe. And I think a lot of people, they don't, they think that it's not acceptable to take two or three days to figure things out. You know what I mean? Oh, and that right there, I think is a, is a salient point that people need to think about. Like, you don't always you you don't always have to have the answer right away. You don't always have you don't and 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 that's why like the point I was getting to was even if you've got some thoughts about what you can do to help yourself, it doesn't need to mean that you have to have it all figured out. Like we have to give ourselves permission sometimes to to exist within these challenges. Yes. To know that you know we need to strategize more and Sometimes we have a clear vision of, of what direction to go and exactly how to tackle things. You know, I'm a methodical person. So for me, sometimes like once I put that method in place and once I know what steps I'm going to take, I, I'm off and running. But I also know that until I put that in place, 
I can, I, I almost can feel like I languish because I start to beat myself up because I'm like, just figure out what direction to go, figure out what to do. You know, and I put that pressure on myself. And I think when you put the pressure on yourself, again, it's, it's taking something that you can control and controlling it in a way that isn't the best for you. Like there's, there can be so many things happening in those circumstances. Like I, I'm sure that's something you're seeing. Like what are, what are the pieces in each of these, these, you know, shards of glass flying at you in the hurricane that you can actually control? Like what are the things that Gary can actually touch? And then what are the things that are outside of your touch that in that moment, you don't need to, you don't need to worry about them as much. And I know that I think that's also one of the hardest things for us to do as people sometimes when we're stressed and when we're overwhelmed and especially when it's creating like that, those problems inside of our heads, you know, our, when our mental, when our mental state is being challenged, like making sure that we're, we're seeing the forest for the trees at times and that we're seeing what can I actually kind of get my, my hands and my metaphorical hands onto and what can I, and do I have to be okay sometimes? Like I know for me, there are times where I'm like, I have to be okay with uh, that. This isn't going to be perfect. Yeah, and, and yeah. that's that's hard. That's really hard. Like, and I I I have to think that that's going to be something challenging for you as someone who does have you know a podcast and a social media presence and a clothing line. You know, with you know, I have my hard work always wins hoodie that I love. Um, I appreciate that. You know, <laughs> you're 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 kind of like spearheading a message to people, and then there are I'm sure there are times where you feel like you know almost like that imposter syndrome must come in and you're like, should I be standing here right now? You know, I should, should I still be telling people that this is what they should do if, if I'm feeling challenged? Like, what is that like? Do you feel that at all? Am I, am I missing, you know, am I, am I just observing that? Like from my, like, am I putting myself into that place? Like what, what is it like for you to know, you know, that like to be that content creator sitting down and having those conversations that are helping you and helping the other person. I'm sure I know, you know, having been someone on the other end of that line, like, are there times that where you feel like, you know, is this still the place I should be in? Like, do I deserve to be here? Like, not not in a real way, but more like that self-doubt coming in. Oh, a hundred. Uh, the hell with that. A thousand percent, man. I mean, I yes. Yes. Uh, I do battle that sometimes because I'm like, you know, who am I? I was this guy that was, uh, you know, almost 400 pounds. I lost a hundred and, you know, yeah, that's great. But like, you know, there are times where I'm like, well, you know, who am I? Like, man, I I look at some people like yourself, like other people have lost 200 plus, you know, uh, holy crap, man, these guys, they're, they're killing it. Like, who am I? Right. But I think we all have a, I think we all have a message. We all have a story. And and I just kind of try to keep myself in the, in the lane of all I can do is share my own experience. It's not like, you know, it's not like we're all, you know, on like one particular, like I think of like I the old wrestling podcast I used to do, like there's like 40 different ones of those shows. Like there's uh, actually four, 50, hundreds of those shows out there now. And, you know, it's very easy to think like, oh my God, I've got to compete against all these people. But this is something where we're talking about ourselves, our own experience. So as long as we stick true to that and we're sharing our own experience, you know, you never know who you're going to help there. I don't believe in that imposter syndrome necessarily in this room in this realm because we're sharing our experience we're not sharing you know the experience of somebody else but we still at times may feel that uh feeling because there is a lot out there and there are people that have different walks of life that may have seen what we perceive to be 
much greater results. And so as a result, of course, it's completely natural to have those feelings. And I have definitely experienced those. I think that makes a lot of sense. Like I, I, I think that does. And so what, how's the best way for me to phrase this? Like what I want to know is like, so, cause it sounds like you've started to get into this a little bit already, but what do you, what do you think is the biggest challenge you're trying to tackle right now? Like what is, what is the number one, you know, piece of wood on the chopping block in front of Gary right now? I am trying right now. I am driving a 70 mile round trip to a job that I like, but it's not my passion. It's not what, you know, like I love video editing. I love audio editing. I like taking videos. I'm doing this job because I need to pay the bills. And so my, my kind of priority on the chopping block is I'm trying to, I'm in a world right now where I'm creating I'm trying to when I'm not sitting here depressed at times, but I'm trying to create as much content as I can, get as much experience as I can so that I can get in front of people that are looking for podcast editors, video editors, so that I can do full-time eventually the things that I love doing rather than doing things just to survive, if that makes sense. And so a big part of that is you know, I mentioned Charleston, South Carolina, uh, early on in this in this uh, chat we're having, and that's really where I eventually want to relocate to. I love the people down there. I love the weather. I love the beach. That is no more than thirty to forty minutes away. We're, right now, I'm like five hours away from a beach, and that is the dream. Ultimately, is to become uh, this person that can uh, live off of being a content creator. Uh, video editing, podcast editing, these things that I truly have passion doing, helping others um, on a much greater scale. Uh, you know, I'd love to take this podcast on the road and meet people when I'm actually talking to them. I'd love to like actually meet them face to face. I've had the pleasure to do that a couple of times, which has always been super awesome. And, you know, I want to do that. There's so many things that I want to do, but right now I'm like, I'm trying to survive. I'm trying to go to this job to pay the bills, to quote unquote survive, to make my rent payment, to uh, to all my debt collectors that I've made deals with, to send them their little monthly cut and to get out of that debt and to just try to get into a better place where I'm doing the work that I love and not just working to survive. I think that make I, I think that makes a lot of sense, and it's also focusing on something that is is a basic kind of tenant of your life. Like one, it's a big piece of self care. Like literally, you're paying your rent. You know, like there's that whole. I don't know if you're familiar with the concept of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, there's this philosopher. Well, there's this philosopher, this this sociologist who put together says that we have this hierarchy of needs as human beings. And a lot of times we focus a lot on like the loftier needs, you know, like things that will fulfill my soul. But at the end of the day, food, shelter, clothing, you know, there's some basis to that pyramid, you know, that yes. need to be covered, that, that need to be covered. And sometimes we, we do things so that we can make sure that those things happen. Like I get, you know, I, I get that for sure. When I look at some of the work that I've done, like, especially after, you know, I took a risk about 10 years ago to move and, and take some new opportunities that fell through and didn't work out. 
and found myself, you know, basically back coming back home with my tail between my legs, cleaning up roofing job sites. Like literally my job was to, as the, the, my dad and his crew were ripping the shingles off of a roof and throwing them on the ground. I was pick, picking them up with my hands and throwing them into a dumpster, you know, 10,000 square feet of shingles, like probably the most painful thing I've ever done in my life. Like literally I, when I, when I told the story of like someone getting up from the gym the next day, and not being able to move, it was because I had my memory of the very first time I did that. And I, two hours after I, I took a nap when we came back and two hours later, I started yelling for help because I couldn't move. And my dad's like, oh yeah, that's going to happen. That's you've never done that. You've never done this before. But so we think about like our needs and like taking care of them. And I, I like that. Like you've, you've got this great vision of, of yourself, but you also keep an eye to, you know, how does your passion intersect with that? And so how, how knowing that that's a goal to work towards, like being able to do your passion full time, how do you feel that you work to keep your passion going in the meantime? Like what are the things what is the the consistency there for you that that keeps that passion on fire? And I and I know it's challenging at times, so I know that fire might not always be as strong. Sure. Know, so I'm not don't ex, don't I'm not expecting that like Gary's always you know a a slogan away. Um, <laughs> but I'm you know I don't I don't want you to think that you always have to be on. But like, yeah. what are the things that help you you know get to that place of still being able to when you're dealing with. I, I guess this is the way to put it. Like you're dealing with a lot of these challenges yourself. Yes. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not on your, sitting on your account every day saying, okay, guys, here's the five, you know, piles of crap that I have in front of me. You know, you're still, you know, do, putting out content, you know, having conversations and putting out content that is helping support people and drive people in their journeys. What allows you to keep doing that at the same time? Like what keeps that, that passion alive? I've really put the the podcast as like the the front of it right now because like I'm working a month ahead. I have, you know, a month's worth of podcasts at any given time. I do I do one a week. And so to schedule those out, number one is kind of really what kind of keeps that creative muscle uh going. The videos are kind of secondary, even though I'd like to try to see a world where they're one A and one B and they kind of really complement each other nicely. But I'm still because I'm learning you know, how to edit videos and things like that. I, I'm, I'm, it's a learning process, much like, you know, the podcast thing I've been doing for 12 years now, like that, I can probably do like, you know, with my eyes closed, but the video editing is, is a whole other animal. So I kind of love this process of like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm figuring it out. And as I figure it out, I'm like learning these new little tricks and, you know, some of the stuff that I put out in, in the recent, you know, months, I thought has been, you know, some pretty, some pretty good stuff and finding that balance of like what's entertainment content of like, Oh, Gary's at the theme park and he's screaming his, his uh, voice out or what's this vlog of Gary's walking around this park. He's exercising and here's a message about, you know, your, your, your health and things like that. So I'm also trying to walk that line too of finding the kind of videos that I really enjoy making. And I'm finding that it's a really a balance of entertainment and informative content because I think that, you know, as content creators, I think you'll understand this completely when I say it. It's like, I think that as a content creator, you should always be giving value to those who are giving their time to consume whatever it is you're putting out, whether it's videos or uh, podcasts. And so rather that, that, you know, giving them value of either uh, teaching 
or sharing, you know, some kind of story, whether it's your own or somebody else's, or giving value in the form of entertainment, maybe making them laugh or keeping them, you know, just occupied in general. I really feel like that is the most important aspect of creating content, podcast videos, whatever. So that's really the focus. And I've been trying to like ease myself back into the video side of that because that kind of really took the hit when I kind of got into my little mental slump here as opposed to the podcast, which I work so far ahead um, that that really didn't take a hit at all. And thank God for that. So that's really kind of where I'm at. That's 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 some solid. I I, I like that solid application of of what you know and and what you're doing. And you you do have like this great background. Like you like you said, you've been doing podcasting for twelve years now. Uh, so you were pod you were podcasting before some of us probably even knew what podcasts were. I I would be remiss, Gary, like if I didn't take take some time while we're talking because I'm a relatively new podcast host. I've been doing this three months probably. Two and a half, two and a half months. Um, what, what advice do you have for me as, as a, and like, obviously then for everyone listening, who's thinking about doing a podcast, like, what do you think are the top things that like, we should be taking into consideration when we're doing this? Like one, I think, like you said, like, I love that you just said, you know, deliver value, like deliver something, you know, of value because people are giving you their time by listening. So that is, is brilliant. Yeah, that that to me is probably right at the top because um, the next thing I'm going to say is 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 being consistent with it because you know most podcasters there was a statistic thrown out there and it's one of these two numbers but they say most people quit after their it's either fifth or seventh episode uh, they just they just give up on it and um, understanding that if you're going to go through all this trouble of of uh, recording podcasts whether it's you know you're solo you're with a buddy or you're kind of like what we're doing where we're talking to people, um, you know, kind of making it a priority to where you can actually stick with it and be consistent. That is huge. Um, another thing is, you know, the equipment. There should be, you know, some level of investment at some point. I know that there's like this Anchor app right now that a lot of people really like using. And it's great, you know, if you're just like, hey, this is this cool thing I want to try like once or twice. Um, but after a while you know, the, the audio quality, if it's not great, you might drive some people away. So, you know, if you decide that, Hey, this is something I'm actually going to stick with, you may want to make that investment in equipment to where you can get a great sounding podcast for your listeners. That's one thing I really hammered down on. And, you know, we mentioned earlier how I went into debt. Uh, one of the things I went into debt for was buying this recorder that I'm hoping that is going to eventually drive me out of debt. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, so I, I invested in some equipment uh, when I launched this thing two years ago, this particular podcast I'm on now. Um, I would say, though, you know, offering that value, uh, getting some stellar equipment if you're really going to stick with it, um, making sure that you're consistent and that you're going to stick around. And then the other part that I think really gets people down that maybe leads to people quitting is realizing, well, God, I, I only had three people that listened. Well, could you imagine – if Gormy, if somebody just, you know, knocked on the door and three people came in and they sat down and you just started just chatting, like how amazing that would be to speak to three people. And so when, you know, you look at how many people are listening to your podcast and you should never say, well, I only got 15 or 20 or whatever, like you should value each and every person that 
took the time to, to listen to that podcast because you never really know the impact you're going to have on somebody. I, I think that is an excellent point. Like I, I honestly, like I, I obviously know my numbers, you know, and yes. all of that, but I've never looked into, like, I, I've honestly never really even thought about looking into, you know, how, how do those, like, what do people say you should be, you know, is a, a good new podcast or well-performing, like all of those things. Cause I've had people come at me and say, so what are you getting for listens? Like what's happening? Like, what, what are you getting? And I, my response is always, well, I get a lot of great feedback and I get, I talk to people all the time about it. Like that's, that's the best part of this to me. You know, the person that hears me tell my story and then says that it resonated with them and it helped them figure something out. Like that's the purpose. That's, I, I think that's really important no matter what type of content you're creating is like create something, not just, you know, that you consider valuable, but like you, you have purpose to do, like you feel strength and drive for. And I, I think that's one of the things that is really clear in everything that I've seen you do is that there is purpose there. Like there's a reason you make the choices that you make and that the, you know, you, that you say hard work always wins. Like it's not, it, it wasn't like you said it and you were like, oh, I bet I could sell a t-shirt with that on it. Like there was some real drive, like real drive and feeling behind it. And I think it's, it's when there's passion behind something that it resonates with people. And not when it's, you know, oh, I think this is the this is the hip thing that people are going to get it. Oh, I see a lot of people using this hashtag, so maybe I'll start saying something like that. Like, I, I think it's you you want to be genuine and real in what you're what you're doing with people. I think that's really important. Well, well yeah, absolutely. I mean, you don't want to be in this for the wrong reasons, and you know, a lot of people, whether it's podcasting or just this Instagram. They get hung up on the vanity metrics. How many followers do I have? How many likes am I getting? How many downloads am I getting? And God, I can't wait till the day they're, they're talking about in Canada, how they've tested, you know, hiding the likes and maybe even follower accounts. I can't wait till that's like a thing because we're going to find out who the real people are who are in this for the right reasons. And we're going to find out the fakers. And I think nowadays our kind of our BS detector is, is pretty good. We can kind of filter out who's in it to be real and who's not. But I think that once these things happen where the vanity metrics are kind of stripped away, we're going to find out who's sticking around and who's hitting the road because, you know, they're not getting their likes, bro. You know, they're not, they're not pumping up their numbers. Um, and that is a day that I cannot wait for. Cause you know, you probably get it all the time. I see it in your DMS. People are trying to, you know, uh, sell you this or that, or they're trying to get you to like this or that. And, it's it it just can become a a real pain in the butt at times. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Now, now, Gary, we've been talking for a while. Yeah. There's a top. There's a topic I want to bring up with you that you and I have to talk about. Let's go. Um, and so I, I we're gonna die. It's something something I think is we're both gonna think is fun. Okay. And we talked about this a little bit when I was on your podcast, and we also talked about how this uh, this affected your ability to be on my podcast last week. Um, okay. I, I want to talk about amusement parks. Let's do it. Because you have a great passion for them. I have a great pa like I have a, a passion for them, but I was never able to go back. Um yeah. so I haven't got I haven't gotten to a regular one yet. I've been trying to all summer, but I'm going to Disney soon and there's a lot of rides that I couldn't go on before that I will be going on. Um so what drives you because like I, I think there probably are some people that see 
your account and they're like, Gary's at Gary's on a roller coaster again. <laughs> is that is Gary? Wait, what's going on with Gary's live? Oh, Gary's running down. Is Gary on a midway again? <laughs> Gary, Gary, Gary knows what the word midway means. What's going on with Gary? So could you talk a little bit about where that comes from for you and like what it you know, how it's how it's framed parts of your journey, I think. Oh, absolutely. And and you'll love this because there's a story behind it. You you talked about how everything I do has a purpose and, and this right. is no exception. You know, because when we talk about these things, I you know, I want to be able to tell people that there's a, a reason and a purpose behind it. So um, you know, I remember probably ninety-four was the first time I ever got on a roller coaster because when I looked at those things as a kid, I, at that time I was twelve years old, I was always scared to death of these things. And so from 94, the first coaster I ever got on, it became an addiction at that point. And it wasn't until I want to say, let me think of the year, probably 2010, I think, where I actually got the walk of shame uh, from one of these roller coasters because Big Gary was uh, creeping up there. Uh, so, and I remember it, there, it was a, it was a ride called the flight of fear, which was uh when Paramount owned the park here in Virginia, Kings Dominion, it was called the Outer Limits Flight of Fear. When they sold the Cedar Fair, it became just Flight of Fear. And this ride is notoriously tight. I mean, even some in-shape folks can have times, you know, trouble because it's very tight. Especially a big boy like me, I'm going to have a lot of trouble. So uh, point of this is I, I, I got the walk of shame. They're like, hey, it's just not working. You see the looks of people as you know they're looking at you and they're judging you. And they're like, oh, boy, yeah, he's, he's got to be let off the ride. This big guy, he can't even fit in the seat. They can't buckle him down. And I didn't go back to the theme parks for seven years. It wasn't until 2017 that I went back and I said, okay, now I'm all about, you know, setting these goals, you know, very simple goals. And so in the it was probably April of 2017, I bought a season pass to King's Dominion, my local park, and I said, "Okay, we're going to make this investment of I think it was like 70 or 80 dollars, and we're going to go to this park on a regular basis and we're going to see that as I am uh hopefully losing weight and I was, uh that I would be able to fit on rides. So I'd start out by picking one ride and only one ride, so there wasn't this disappointment of like multi-rides of being kicked off. I said, okay, let's pick this, this whatever this ride is. And I think it was the Intimidator, which is 305 feet up, 95 miles straight down throughout the ride. Oh, it's, wow. it's amazing. Yeah, you got to come You got to come to Virginia. Oh, take wow. on it. It's great. And so um, I got on this ride, and I fit. And I was just like, yes. I was just, I was just so thrilled by this. And I rode that thing that day probably 15 times in a row. And then I left the park. I said, okay. I said, all right, uh, you fit on this one ride. Let's leave. Let's get the heck out of here. I'd come back two or three weeks later. Okay, let's try another coaster. Can I get on this coaster? And slowly but surely over the course of that summer, I was able to fit on each and every roller coaster. Now, could I have potentially gotten on most of them, if not all of them, in the first month? Maybe. That's possible. But I didn't want to set myself up for any kind of disappointment. So I just went one by one by one and I saved the best for last. I went back to that that flight of fear and they strapped me in. It was a little bit snug because I was still at this point like 290 um, and the little thing clicked and I was off to, to the little ride. And ever since then, so like 
2018, this year, 2019, it's just been this big addiction. All right, let's go to all the theme parks. Let's get on all the coasters because now I can. Right. That's awesome, man. Like, that's really – Yeah. Like, I, I know – I know that feeling well. I remember the the last time I went to an actual like non because I I mean let's be fair like to the audience listening if you don't know Disney theme parks are very very big people friendly very oh, shy yes. friendly. I was about like, to say that rides, actually yeah. Like most of the rides, there are some rides specifically like in, in in Disney's California Adventure. There's a goofy roller coaster can't get on if you're a big person. There's like a couple rides like that that have some weight restriction or. Space Mountain at Disneyland. I remember for me that was one of the one rides at Disneyland that I get on, and I could they couldn't get the the belt, they couldn't get the the bar down on me, like they were pushing with feet try to get it on, and it wasn't working. Um, but I remember going the last time I went to like a real kind of like amusement park would be like what's now a six a Six Flags near us that wasn't a Six Flags at that point, and I was eighteen, and I went with friends, and I remember just being exhausted walking around the park getting on you know looking at some getting on one or two of the rides and it was painful like being on them and i was like this is just really like i'm in pain like this is just not gonna work like and then i could see that some of the seats were smaller and i'm like this is just not something i'm gonna do so i have that's almost 30 years ago for me that since i've actually gone on like regular rides like that like I in in 2013 when I was down when I lost all the weight we did go to like this little like go-kart place that yeah. had a couple of they had a couple of thrill rides they had like this one that you get in that almost looked like a a Ferris wheel seat with a strap over your shoulders that flung you around like it was a slingshot like not oh, that man. far in the air but like it was insane and and like I remember just like hooting and hollering when I was doing it and being like I want to do it again I want to do it again and so we did it a couple times. I did do it a couple times. But and, and the funny thing, it was it was one of those like amusement places where the same guy running the go-karts has to run that ride. So you have to wait for him to come walk over when you want to go on something different. And then you walk to something else and he comes and catches up with you. Oh, which yeah. Is a bit like, it's a bit like an episode of Scooby-Doo. Like, you know, who knows if like who the old caretaker really is. Like, is he actually the guy that should be there? Should there be someone else? I don't know. But... <laughs> You know, like getting like, I think that's one of the things that people don't think about sometimes, like whether you're almost 400 pounds, whether you're 500 pounds, or even if you're almost, you know, a little over 300 pounds, you start to lose those experiences that can mean a lot and getting those back, you know, can be such an amazing feeling. So like, I'm just really, I'm just happy for you. Like every time I see you going, I get really excited. Not only because, <laughs> not only because like I saw you doing that and I was like, I I'll get there soon. Like, you know, that'll be something I can do soon. Like I, you know, yeah. you inspired me a lot with that, but it was just also knowing, you know, the freedom that you had to feel knowing that, you know, something that was taken away from you before was brought back into your life. So I just think that's, that's really awesome. Man. And I'm glad that you share that with everyone in a way that gives them like this sense that it's okay to have like, almost like a childlike glee about those experiences. Oh, you yeah. know, experience the joy of those moments, like cherish the joy of those moments and use that, you know, to help fuel what comes next. Like, I think that's, that's really fantastic. Well, and I'll say this, I, I think that it's also, uh, you know, weight loss and getting healthy in general is also kind of like opened my mind to things that maybe I thought I would never do. Like, so at my theme park and, and at a lot of theme parks, they have this thing uh, that's, it's, it's a different, it's a different name everywhere, but in my park, it's called the extreme sky flyer. 
So it's like 180 feet. It almost looks like the St. Louis Arch. And they have these uh, bungee cables and they tie to this little vest and they wrap around the front of your body and you kind of like lay down like you're flying and they pull you up 180 feet and they swing you like a freaking pendulum. And for years, I said, I am never, ever getting on this ride ever. That's what I said for years. I swore up and down. I think the weight limit on that thing is like 830 pounds. I think I remember the sign very vividly. It's like 830 pounds. And so I could have gotten on it anytime I wanted. But I always had this like, you know, this fear for this ride. And I remember there was a YouTube channel. I want to give them the full credit. Not that they need the plug because they have millions of viewers. But it's a it's a YouTube channel called Yes Theory. And their motto is seek discomfort. Finding the things that, you know, finding the things that make you uncomfortable and seeking those things out, saying yes um, to things that you may sometimes have said no to. And it really inspired me to like challenge myself to face my fears in a way. And so I actually haven't gotten on this thing yet this season. And that's only because I had a friend of mine. He was on my podcast. He's a big theme park guy. He says, I want to do it with you your first time. Well, this son of the gun is the GM of a, of a family fun park, similar to the what, what you're talking about, like go-karts and stuff like that. And so this guy's always busy. And so every time we're like, all right, we're going to go. Something comes up. He gets busy or I get busy. We haven't done it yet, but I'm going to try to like tie him down to like the next month or so before this season is up. And we're going to go ride this thing because we said we were going to do it. And uh, so that was like an unexpected part of this whole thing is like wanting to kind of like face my fears and do things that may otherwise I would have always said no to. That's awesome. And I, I have no doubts at all that you're going to do that, man. I, I really, really don't. Uh, Gary, so I, I don't want to take up your whole night what, if anything, you know, haven't we touched on yet that you wanted to talk about? Well, man, I think we probably we've probably covered the whole gamut from uh, childhood Gary to uh, uh, nearly four hundred pound Gary to current Gary to Gary's in a slump to Gary's getting on. I, man, I think we really covered a wide gamut of uh, of all things uh, Gary. As weird as that sounds for me, Gary, to be saying all that, but I think we really have kind of covered the wide spectrum here. I definitely think we have, and I think there's a lot of lessons for people to take away from the journey you've been on so far, and also the fact, you know, that you framed it really well. That you know that you've got you've got other stages of your journey ahead that you're still on and that you're still working towards. And I, I have no doubts that we're going to see a lot of things still, you know, coming from you, you know, as as time progresses, Gary. Like I, I have I have no doubts about that. Well, I, I appreciate that. And, and I, I just want to say very quickly, you know, if people are like looking for kind of like a summary of all this, it's just a guy who at one point believed he couldn't do any of this stuff. And he said, you know, eventually he said enough is enough. And he kind of like buckled down and made things happen. And then as a result of that, shared this this journey through and through and wanted to show people that, in fact, there is a way and that you know, not to listen to all these crazy people that are trying to sell you things and, and prey on your insecurities and just show you that a simple approach to these things is possible. And with those four pillars that we've talked about, you can do anything. You can move mountains as long as you believe in practicing those four pillars. For sure, Gary. And we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to give you a minute, you know, I'll give you some time in a minute to talk about how people can connect with you and, and find, you know, all of your stuff. But okay. first, I'm going to take you into what I'm calling the Fat Guy Five. 
Okay. It's five five rapid fire questions that we we end each episode with now. Um, I ask everyone the same questions. So if you're ready, you're strapped into your seat. We're gonna, we're gonna dive right into in my it. Eyes. It's like an interrogation. You do, table. you Let's do. Go. I'm not saying that there is a pit of alligators underneath your seat now, Gary, but there just oh might be a pit of alligators underneath your chair. So let's jumping. not give me, yeah, let's not give me any of the wrong answers, Gary. Here we go. <laughs> so, question number one in algebra. No, we're not going to do algebra. Don't worry. Oh my god, I flunked math. Please. Uh, don't don't worry. There's no math. There is literally no math involved. Don't worry. Question awesome. number one, Gary. Living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Oh, my God. Uh, I would say Artie Lang. He always made me laugh, although he's gotten smaller, but I think that was probably the drugs. He's a hilarious guy. Oh, for sure. Artie's, Artie's great. Question number two, Gary. Thinking back to the almost 400-pound Gary Cantrell, what was your quintessential fat guy meal? Ooh, I would say... That would be usually the 7-Eleven pizza, $5.55. Buddy, order it fresh because it's really good if it's fresh. Oh, there you go. See, and <laughs> I, I'm, now, I'm a little concerned now that you're, you're giving people tips. I, oh, I think that's a sorry. tip. So now, we're, now we've told people to go get Mac sauce and get a 7-Eleven pizza. <laughs> I, I'm very concerned, Gary. I'm very concerned. We'll talk about this offline. Yes. Question, question number three. Question number three. So. What is your biggest tip to other guys out there who want to get their journey started? Wow. Uh, it comes down to the four pillars, man. You got to practice patience, consistency, hard work, and self-love, and set a plan that you can actually achieve, not something that looks cute on a meme. It's got to be like real, achievable things, even if they're the, the smallest little things. You gotta you gotta put those things down and and just understand that keeping it really simple and setting achievable goals. Love it. That's awesome, man. Question number four. What book, podcast, or other resource would you recommend to any of the listeners out there who are looking for motivation? Oh, well, that's really easy. God, this guy always gets a plug on my podcast. Daryl Perry, the Daryl Perry uh podcast your level fitness on instagram uh i always like to say because he and i we do quarterly podcasts like you know four or five times a year um i always like come with the simple man kind of talk and he always brings like the intelligence version of that so if you're looking for like that super intelligent version go talk to him oh yeah daryl is is i i would second that i think daryl is fantastic <laughs> yes and and daryl will you know, Daryl keeps it real for you. Daryl's really, Daryl's really, really great. You know, hopefully, hopefully his ears are burning right now, knowing that we're talking about him. Because I'm sure, <laughs> yes. I, I'm, I'm sure that's something he'll enjoy. So, yes. Gary, question five, the last question of the Fat Guy Five. Tell us one of your non-fitness or weight loss goals for the next year. Well, I want to. <sighs> I really want to double, maybe triple down on my video creating efforts. I am sitting right now, not that I'm a big numbers guy, but I'm sitting right now at like 221 subscribers on YouTube. And I want to put forth the effort to create excellent videos so that I can drive that number up to 500 to 1,000. Uh, you know, I've, I've been able to kind of gain a following on Instagram, if you will. And I would like to see some people come over and watch some videos. So making great videos that have entertainment and or uh, life lessons or some education to them 
and providing that uh, quality content for those people. That sounds fantastic. And let's get that started for you right here, right now. <laughs> Gary, how, how can the loyal listeners of the Fat Guy Forum connect with you, find your content, everything? This is your chance. Let's get those plugs going, Gary. All right. Well, only because you ask, because I'm not, I'm not one to insert stuff, unless it's on my podcast, and you'll get like a little sly plug in the middle of the conversation. Uh, but uh, Instagram is the hub, really. That's where it all kind of really originates from. It's going to be Instagram.com slash Gary Cantrell. I put my name on it. I'm a firm believer that put your name on it. I like to put my name on it. It might make it harder for people to find at times, but you're going to find it by looking up my name. Um, I do a podcast every single Wednesday at Gary'sPodcast.com. I mean, that is like, you want to talk about stupid, simple. That's about as simple as it gets. Gary'sPodcast.com. If for some reason you download the podcast and you really, really like it, um, I offer a Patreon subscription where for as low as $4 a month, you can get these podcasts five days early. Um, and sometimes dropping bonus podcasts, the vlogs that I put on youtube.com slash Gary Cantrell are also uploaded early to this Patreon. So if you really, um, you know, kind of listen in and, and you like what I'm doing, that is probably the best way to support. It goes directly to me and everything that goes into that Patreon goes right back into my content. And then I would say hardworkalwayswins.com. That's the clothing line. That's got my shirts, the hats, the hoodies uh, you've purchased from there, and I do appreciate it. You could probably speak to it uh, just as well as anybody that's purchased from there. It's high-quality materials, very very comfortable. It'll keep you warm if it's the hoodies and all that stuff. Hardworkalwayswins.com, and if you use the code SQUAD, I'm going to take 10% off your order right off the top. Nice, nice. Love hearing that. And I will say, as a little testimonial, like, come – Comfy shirt and hoodie, but also they hold up to washing. Like, yes. you know, get them to the washer. You know, I, I've had some like shirts, especially, you know, from like brands you're trying to support friends. And, yes. you, you know, you pick something up and you throw it in the washer and you get it out and you're like, oh, there is a letter missing now. <laughs> Whoa, what happened? This is this looks like an animal attacked it because the words are all slashed. So, like, no, there's a. There's some quality going on there. So definitely, definitely check out that site. Well, and I, I appreciate that. The last thing I'll say on that is every single product that you see on the site, I have personally ordered one copy of. And I always I always order a copy of everything to do that very thing. I'm running it through the wash five, six, seven times. I am stretching it like crazy stuff that you probably shouldn't even do to uh, clothing. I do it anyway. And I test it before it even goes live on the site. So anything that you're getting in the mail is something that I personally tested. Well, I, th I think it's good you're doing that, especially, come on, because you and I both know as as guys that were really big, we yeah. stretch our shirts. We stretch our <laughs> Like I, I yes. even do it. I do it instinctually now still. Like I'll be amazed when I put a shirt on. I'm like, I didn't stretch this out before I put it on, like try to make it fit everywhere. Like this is weird. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a, it's, it's, that is something, I think that's a classic fat guy move. Like, and, and you know, you're, you're moving into a different, a different space of fat guy life when you're stretching it over your knees to start, like you're getting it <laughs> over your knees, you yeah. know, you want to make sure it's coming down far enough. Like there's a lot going on. There's a lot of, a lot of tips and tricks out there. I think I'm not going to go into those today though. I think we, you know, 
we've 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 kept them enough um yes but gary i really want to say thank you i appreciate not only you coming on and taking the time to talk to me tonight but also your openness your openness and willingness to share your journey and the reality of it so i i think it's going to help a lot of people and i really hope that those of you out there listening um will go on over to gary's page say howdy drop him a dm you know and check out what he's got going on any last words tonight gary before i close out the show uh, no, I just want to say, you know, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I remember when you were on my podcast, and I, if I, I if I'm remembering correctly, I think you like ever so slightly teased that you were thinking about this, and so yeah. uh, the fact that you were on there talking about that, and now you're up here just absolutely crushing it on a podcast, dude. That's amazing. So congratulations to you and, and all your success, and uh, just thank you so much again for for having me uh, with you here. Of course, Gary. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunities you've given me. And I was glad to, to have you on here for us to talk again. I, I, it was a great time. Everyone out there, don't forget to do something today to amaze yourself because you really are amazing people, especially if you're listening to me and Gary. I mean, how can you not be amazing if you're hearing the two of us talk? I mean, that's, <laughs> I think, that's, I think that's, just, that's just obvious. So do something to amaze yourself today. This is your host, Gourmet. As always, you can find me on Instagram, Gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. You've got me on Twitter at Gourmigos Keto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And do not forget that it has been a week, but I have now got my blog going at gourmigosketo.com, where I'll be talking about the show and the food that I'm eating if you want to check that out. So go check all those things out. In the show notes, I'm going to have links to all of Gary's stuff and all of my stuff and everything that's going on with the show. Thanks so much again for being here, everybody. We'll catch you next time on The Fat Guy.